0: Get 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter. See, when y'all start moving, it gets hot. Touch your neighbor and tell him, scoot down a little bit, It kind of warm. You breathing all on me. But I tell you, I owe God a praise. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. It ain't always money I need. Sometimes I just need God to give me some peace in the middle of what I'm going through. Hallelujah. Now I need you to prophesy to somebody. The Lord brought me back here and I did this some years ago. But he brought me back. How many of you know this is the last day of our fast? Some of y'all went disobedient and ate all your food 12 or 1 a But some of you started the fast at midnight. Some of us picked it up Sunday morning, but touch your neighbor and tell them it's done. Whatever we ask the Lord for is done. So to our visitors, we're coming out of a 21 day fast today. 21 days as Daniel did, we ate no pleasant thing. We cried out to the Lord. This is the year of our Lord, 2019, and he told us to declare that this is the year of outpouring. And I believe, God, that some of you are going to shift from carnal thinking to spiritual thinking. Some of you are going to do like Nicodemus. You're going to sneak in, but God's going to change you even while you're sneaking in. Just in his presence is going to change something about your life. And I just want you to prophesy to somebody and tell them the next 90 days. I need you to look them in the eye and tell them the next 90 days is going to be unbelievable for you. Tell them because we're coming out of affairs and tell your neighbor glory shows up when you're coming out of a sacrifice. Touch your neighbor and tell them miracles happen coming out of a sacrifice. Touch somebody and tell them heaven opens when you come out of a sacrifice. So look at your neighbor and tell them the next 90 days. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. If you don't need a miracle, if you don't need nothing, sit down. But if you need something from the Lord, stand up and if you ain't got nobody around you, talk to yourself. And say, touch your chest and say the next 90 days. So we're in 2 Samuel, the 6th chapter. We're in 2 Samuel, as I said, the Lord in strategic times, he had me to come to this text, and I'm back here today. At the inception of our ministry, he had, or the earlier days, he had me to do that. We were coming out of a fast then, and we're coming out of the fast now. And when I tell you the first time he had me to preach this, God did something so miraculous, it was mind-blowing. When I preached this message, I was standing in a, in a warehouse where we had nothing but 25, 30 chairs. And we were piecing it together. I, we had dirt on the floor, dust everywhere. We couldn't get the dust up because it was a warehouse. So the saints would sweep and the dust would fall from the ceiling down to the floor. And I preached half of the warehouse because the other half of the warehouse had junk in it it just had junk we hadn't gotten out of there yet but we made sure we knew that we had to have service no matter what and we had to preach the word of God I remember looking down at my shoes and I had black shoes on but I couldn't see no black nowhere but that didn't stop God from moving and I told the saints then I said God told me to prophesy and say the next 90 days and he moved miraculously People who didn't qualify for homes got homes, cars. Things started showing up. Health was turned around. He took people and he, he, he mended hearts. He did so many things. And he said, now I want you to come back and I want you to tell the church where you are now that the next 90 days I'm going to put my glory on top of every house in here. So even before I preach, I need you to go ahead and praise him for the next 90 days. Right where you are. You don't need nothing. You don't need to lean on nothing. Just open your mouth and tell God, I'm ready. Say, I'm ready to do whatever you want to do. You might not need new stuff. You just need him to do more in your spirit. You need more to do. You need him to do more in your mind. Even my young people, you got to tell him, say, Lord, the next 90 days, I'm ready. I'm ready. I got to hurry here second samuel the sixth chapter to our visitors i want you to know that we are an expressive house we express ourselves because all throughout the text when you serve something alive you are you are in the image of that which is alive and so we we, we know how to meditate we started our service quiet and meditating but we we got to learn how to praise him because satan wants to stop your praise and he wants to bottle up your praise he wants to tell you you're not worthy and so he sits there and somebody, he's sitting next to you right now telling you, you ought not even be in this building. Get out of here. But if you just hang in there, something good's going to happen to you today. So in, the, in 2 Samuel, and I certainly have a card from the Smith family, I'm going to read that another time. They're expressing their thanks, amen to everyone, but I've got to get on to what the Lord has for me today. 2 Samuel 6 and 1, if you would like to have a Bible, just lift your hands We'll bring you one. It'll be on the screen, and I'm asking you, if you have it electronically, please turn off that other distracting messages and stuff from folk that ain't got no business talking to you while you're in the house of the Lord. Do not go surfing on the Internet. Don't send texts and people in the house of God. It's important that you honor the glory of God, and his glory is already here. The sanctity of who he is. Amen. When I grew up and my parents were talking to me and I was doing something else, they would call that disrespectful. And they'd ask me if I need to be tightened up to understand. They weren't scared to tighten me up so I know how to reverence and pay attention when I need to pay attention. Can somebody say amen? amen? I know we're in the 21st century, but some principles change not. We're in the sixth chapter of Second Samuel to all of our visitors. I, bl- I bless the Lord for seeing all of you in the house of the Lord, visiting our ministry today. What you see is who we are, and we bless God for you attending here to worship the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God. ...whose name is called the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad. That was in uh, Gibeah and Usah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadad, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God... And Ahayu went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments. I need my Wednesday night, folks. You ought to be with me. They played all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and of psalteries, on timbrels and on one nets, a cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nikon thresh floor, threshing floor, Usa put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord hath made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it, a man aside, into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Hallelujah. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months. Somebody said three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household and it was told king David saying the lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness and it was so that when they bare the ark of the lord had gone and it was so that when they had bared the ark of the lord had gone six paces he sacrificed oxen and and fatling, and David danced before the Lord with all his might and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Father, we thank you and we bless you now for your word. We give you praise and we honor you. Amen. For the whole book, we thank you even right now, that all of your scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. Lord, we're in your first testament today, but your church, Lord, mind this text for us today that we might be able to fulfill your will. We believe great things are coming. We believe your manifest presence is getting ready to fall like never before. Supernaturally, Lord, do what no man can do. No human system can do. No government can do. Only by your good pleasure and your good will. Show your hand to somebody today who never saw you, never felt you, didn't know what it means to be around your spirit. We ask you to convince them today by touching them individually. And Lord, we'll be careful to give your name to praise. Use my voice, all that I have. I don't have much today, but I'm going to offer it to you that you would use my lips to preach your word. Let your seed come forth. Let it fall upon the fertile hearts of your children. Let it take root spring forth and bring about a change in our lives. We'll be careful to give you glory. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say amen turn to somebody on your way to your seat and tell them the next 90 days uh, the Bible says that a man David calls together all of the chosen men of Israel I'm just going to leap right into the text a and the Bible says that he makes an assembly he has done this before this is not the first time he has done this but he calls the men together a man, and he is uh, asking of them, Amen, to bring up the ark of the Lord. The ark of the Lord has been 70 plus years outside of Israel. It has been with the Philistines, a man, and you know them. We are very familiar with them because they have a, an infamous member, uh, a man Goliath, And we know that from the story of David with Goliath. And the Philistines have been a sore on the back of Israel for the longest. And so, amen, about the time of Eli the prophet. Eli the prophet, the Philistines are used of God. God uses them because Israel keeps a man going back on their promise to God they keep being a man adulterous with God they would just leave the creator of all things and they would go after all of these strange gods that everybody else has Dagon and Diana and all of these strange gods and in Egypt coming out of Egypt Ra and the sun god and so they are are adulterous people and God he uses everything at his disposal he uses everything Every instrument he has to correct and direct his children. And so the Philistines were used by God to show Israel that they can't be adulterous with him. He's not having a menage. He's not having a man a plural relationship with them. That he only is a one God and he wants a one people that is a man uh, committed to him only. The only true living God. And the text says that the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant is a box that the Lord gave to the children of Israel, amen, and it's it's about 45 inches long, amen, and about 27 inches wide and 27 inches deep. And this box was a physical box so that they could see and he could lead them supernaturally by this box. He gave them specific instructions and he gave them a man's specific dimensions in order to make this box. And for the sake of time, he told them, I want you to make this box out of a certain kind of wood. And he chose shittim wood, and he told them, I want you to make it out of shittim wood. He said, and then I want you to take the box, and I want you to put gold around the shittim wood. So I want you to dip it in gold and settle it there. And then he told them, I want you to put two long poles on them. He said, because I want the, the Ark of the Covenant to be bared upon the shoulders of men. And he called out a certain group, the sons of Kohath. He said, I have, I have consecrated the sons of Kohath in order to carry this specific box. There is none like it anywhere. There is none a man can possess it anywhere. It belongs to God. And he has special instructions as the Most High on what he wants done and he said i want you to bring a man long wood and i want you to bring it outside the box so it can be on the shoulders of each man, it is estimated that that box is about 600 plus pounds. So you're talking eight man, on each man's shoulder. We're looking eight men at about 180. It could be more. It could be t- dependent on four, about 180, even 200 pounds based upon eight men gravity and all of that stuff. So he says, now I want you to put inside the box the the the. The rod that Aaron carried, the rod that budded, he said it was a miracle. It was a dead rod. He said, but I want you to put that rod inside the box. He said, I also want you to get a gold a, a, a picture, and he said I want you to put that in with manna he said because I fed you with manna out of heaven he said so I want you to put that in there and then he says I want you to take two tablets he said and the tablets that I gave you the commandments on he said I want you to put them in there so they're going to be three things in the box he said and then I want you to cover the box up he said and when you cover the box up I want you to then put a seat on top of the box and that seat is going to be called the mercy seat Amen. man in Inside the box is going to be my justice. Inside the box is going to be my law. Inside the box is going to be my righteousness. But outside the box is going to be my mercy. Outside the box is going to be my grace. So he said, put that there. He said, and then at the end of the both sides of the mercy seat, he said, I want you to put two cherubims there and I want you to take their wings and I want you to stretch their wings out over the middle part. So from the edge of the box coming towards the middle part of the box, he said, I want you to put their wings and stretch them out he said because what i'm going to do he said i'm going to come down and he said i'm going to dwell on top of the box he said and by dwelling on top of the box then my shekinah my glory will rest on the box and he said wherever the box is i will be and wherever the box is, I'm going to make provisions and I'm so the box, amen, as you know, went before Israel. The box on many occasions, the ark of the covenant of God, the promise, the representation of the promise of God was before the children of Israel. He put it there so they could see it, so they could be reminded that he, He's with them no matter what. Amen. And there are times when even Joshua with the ark he stepped on the water with the ark. You remember when he stepped on the water with the ark that the water parted because the the Ark of the Covenant, the box had power and they could walk and the box signified God's provision and his preservation of his children. Are y'all here? Somebody say amen. And so it is through the Ark of the Covenant, but the children of Israel became idolatrous. They became idolatrous, amen, and adulterous in their spirit. And so the Philistines took the box. They took the box about the time of Eli. You remember Eli the prophet. Eli the prophet had sons who Eli loved God but his children didn't love God. Eli wouldn't discipline his children in God. But the Bible says that the word got to Eli that the Philistines had taken the box. And when the Bible said that the minute Eli heard that the box had been taken, the Ark of the Covenant had been taken from the children of Israel, the Bible says Eli fell dead right at that spot. He was heartbroken that some somehow we lost the glory of God somehow we lost his presence how could that happen amen and Eli dies and so help me here the Philistines took that box that didn't belong to them they didn't know about it it wasn't meant for them amen but they had it because of Israel the Bible says that they took the box and brought it into their worship place they brought it into their tabernacle and they had in that tabernacle a god called Dagon and so they brought the ark of the covenant if you're here just say man I want to make sure they brought the ark of the covenant into this place that they worshiped a strange god and they thought what they would do is just defile the presence of the god of Abraham Isaac and Jacob by bringing in this box to a defiled place in front of a god called Dagon. Well, they put the box there. They were able to touch the box, they handled the box. I'll get back to that later. And they turned around and they walked out. But what happened was, somehow during the course of tonight, somehow during the course of the midnight, maybe in the evening, I don't know, maybe it was in the early morning time, the text says that the box, because of his presence, caused the statue of Dagon to fall forward. So that statue that had never moved, that statue who was made by the man, the man's hands fell forward at the feet of the Ark of the Covenant. I feel you Lord. So they come into, some of y'all already there, he, they come into the, into the worship place of Dagon and they are startled to find Dagon face forward to the ground as if he is prostrate before the one God who created all things and by his spoken word was everything that was made made they brought the glory into the wrong place and I want you to know that when God says something he means it and when he doesn't say something then everything ought to be quiet so the text says they picked Dagon back up and they put him there because they thought he tripped somehow and they came back in the next day it was night I don't know what time I don't care what time but they came in the next day and where was Dagon somebody help me preach here Dagon was face forward in front of the box that is called the Ark of the Covenant I'm going to pause here to tell you that God wants to know where are the prostrate workers in here and worshipers where are those of you that don't care what anybody thinks about me when it comes to my God, I'll worship him how I feel like worshiping him. I'll praise him how I feel like praising him. Well, the text says that the box is then taken by the Philistines and they take it out of the sanctuary and they take it to a city and they put it there. And about that time, the Lord says to David, it's time to get the Ark of the Covenant back. Israel gets her act together. The Bible says, Samuel, Eli is dead now and here comes Samuel the next prophet in line Samuel comes and he says "All right, let's get it together we need to consecrate ourselves and make a commitment to the one God so we can go and get the Ark of the Covenant back so the Bible says I'm moving quickly to get us to the 6th chapter everything I told you is in Numbers it is in 1st Chronicles 2nd Chronicles and I'm already in Samuel and so the text says that then David Decides that he's going to get the Ark of the Covenant and he calls the brethren together because now they have subdued the Philistines and I'm going to get my stuff back. So he's going to get his stuff back. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody came in church today in the year of our Lord 2019 and you told the devil everything you took for me in 2018, everything you robbed me of in 2017, everything you tried to strip me of in 2018. I come back to the house of God to say I want my stuff back turn to somebody and tell them I want my stuff back I don't want no worldly stuff now I want the stuff that lasts me I want the stuff that lasts me if your neighbor ain't saying nothing wake them up wake them up and tell them you can't sleep now you can't sleep now listen to me they go and they get the ark of the covenant I'm hurrying brothers and sisters And the bible says and they set the ark of the covenant upon a cart. I'm in the third chapter. They set the ark upon. I'm in the third verse rather of the sixth chapter of Second Samuel. They set the ark of the covenant upon a cart now I told you that's a problem they don't even recognize it as a problem why do they not know it's a problem it's in numbers that God told them he made it clear he said the ark of the covenant is to be upon the shoulders of men he said I constructed it for that but here's the thing when you are without the precepts of God and the principles of God when you allow yourself to dwell outside of God's word and his understanding you start to do stuff that God told you not to do. When you take your eye off of God and you start looking at other people and it look like they got what you want, you start to act like they act. how did the cart get off of man's shoulders? How did the Ark of the Covenant get off of man's shoulders? And how did it get on the cart? Well, it was the Philistines that put it on the cart. They put it on the cart because they didn't know the rules and the regulations of God. Help me through here, Holy Ghost. They put it on the cart because it wasn't theirs. It didn't belong to them so they didn't know how to handle it. I stopped by to tell you you got to know who you are and you got to know Whose you are you will encounter people that will not know Genesis the Revelations but if you know Genesis the Revelations you are held accountable according to the word of God so the Philistines took the cart and they put it on there not only did they do that help me through here Holy Ghost they started putting animals around the cart so they pulling donkeys behind the cart I stopped to tell you there'll always be somebody who will talk down about your Bible. They are talked down about the scriptures. They are talked down about holiness. They are talked down about righteousness. Their churches are filled because they never tell anybody about the judgment of God. All they tell people about is the goodness of God, the love of God, the provision of God. But they're scared to tell people about the righteousness of God, the judgment of God, the holiness of God. If I had somebody here, I'd be all right. But you ought to touch your neighbor and tell him, I want the whole book. I I want when he's happy and I want when he's not happy. I want when he's got specific instructions for me and I want when he says do how you want to do. I need the whole book. So the text says as I hurry my time is up they had it on the cart so David takes it and when David takes it he acts like the Philistines he was never to act like the Philistines because he wasn't one of them he was Israel he was the son of Jacob help me through here he was the line of the Messiah the Lion of Judah he was called specifically and he was set aside by the by the power of the Most High I feel the Lord here right now and so the Bible says that David for God who he was because the ark had been with the Philistines so long and I stopped by to tell somebody you're just in church for the first time and you're trying to figure out how to get in the praise I come to encourage you don't you stop trying to get in the praise don't you stop trying to learn how to glorify God because there is a way that seemeth right but the end thereof is destruction David should known better but he didn't so they put the ark of the covenant that box that box that represents the shekinah the glory of god they put that box on a cart and they brought it out of the house of abinadad now abinadad had it in his house they went and got it from him amen and then while they were going they took his sons abinadad's son ahio and Uzza uh, Uzza was in the uzah was in the back uh, ohio was in the front uh, they are pulling the cart by a a, 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 animal they've got an animal a cattle pulling the cart and the text says that when they pull the cart they put the the ark of the covenant on there and while they're coming out of it the the animal gets into a rut help me here holy ghost And so he gets into a dip. If it had been on the shoulders of men, we know how to take a dip. But keep a man our shoulders straight. Help me through here, Holy Ghost. We know how to climb over stuff and keep our shoulders straight. God knew that. That's why he wanted it on the shoulders of men. But an animal doesn't know how to recalibrate itself. So the oxen came to it and the back wheel fell down. And Israel didn't want that kind of difference. Defilement to the ark of the Lord. So Uzzah saw that the ark was slipping. Help me here, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Yeah, God. So what Uzzah did was what anybody who loves the glory of God, anybody that loves the presence of God, he tries to protect it. I'm hurrying, saints. Uh, and so as the ark comes down, the Bible says Uzzah extends his hand. here, And he extends his hand to steady the ark of the covenant, the glory of God, the express presence of God. He sticks his hand out and the Bible says something tragic happens here look at that 7th verse and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah and God smote him there for his error and there he died watch this immediately they couldn't resuscitate him they couldn't do CPR they couldn't plead the blood over him because God had decided that Uzzah had to die the text says and he died immediately Right next to the glory of God. Why did Urza die? why didn't the Philistines die when they touched uh, the Ark of the Covenant? Uh, it is simply this. When God informs us of his will he expects us to obey it even if others don't understand it. When God tells us to do a thing he expects us to do it uh, just like he tells us to do it. Uh, don't take liberty with him. Now in the in the numbers he told them he said no man is to touch the the ark uh, of the covenant not even the sons of Kohath uh, they cannot touch it why? because you can't handle my glory he said, You can't handle my glory, you can't wield my glory, you can't protect my glory. It belongs to me. Help me through here, Lord. So, when Uza stuck his hand out, he sought to protect the glory. Now, it's amazing, it's just a heartfelt gesture. And somebody in this building today, you're saying, God understands me, <laughs> but I stopped by to tell you what God says, He means, <laughs> and what He means, He says. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is stand before the judgment seat of God uh, and say God I thought you was my homeboy I I thought you was my partner I I thought you was my dog Uh, so I thought I could take liberty Uh, but I come through marathon tell you uh, that we serve the creator of all things Uh, he said I will not share my glory with no man Uh, he said I love you but I won't share it with you Uh, Moses found himself in the wrong place uh, with the most high God. God said, I want you to speak to the water. Uh, But Moses let the children of Israel make him angry. uh, And instead of speaking to the water, the Bible says he struck water. Now you and I would have give Moses a pass on that but you're not God and neither am I God. He shows up and tells Moses because you didn't do what I told you to do. He said you shall only see the promised land. You will not step your foot on it. I stop by to tell you when God says without holiness no man can see the Lord. You can't expect me to preach anything else but holiness which is right to God. Come on clap your hands and Give God a praise right there if you're in the building touch a neighbor and tell them we're getting our stuff back but David makes a mistake hey man, sometimes you can start out something right but you have a bad ending you said I'm going to help him I'm going to save him he's such a good man next thing you know he's pulling you further and further from the Lord you up all night with him and you can't even get to service you up all night with her you know Pastor Green that my girl now, but that girl's talking to you against God telling you you don't serve God God's everywhere I serve God look how y'all looking at me two of y'all saying what kind of church is this this is a 21st century church There's a church that's fighting for your soul Fighting for the well being of your body I didn't come here for you to stroke me I came here to, for you to say Lord help me to make it to eternal life the text says to us that David becomes careless with the ark of the covenant of God now I need to remind you this is the 2019 this is the year of outpouring that we ask God to pour his glory out on us Uzzah dies right there everybody sees him how benedad sees him his daddy his brother ohio sees him everybody immediately becomes afraid they are afraid because of the ark of the covenant and the bible says that david was displeased david is walking around how could you do this lord how could you let him die you know what i'm doing how could you let her get in this situation how many times some of us have walked the floor in the house how could she get this sickness how could he be in this situation that's my child I served you 30 years and my child going through this I want you to know that every one of us has to give our own account to the Lord you might raise them in the church but sometimes the church is not in them and they got to look how y'all acting you can be in the church and not have the church in you but I come to tell you i not only want to be in the church but i want to have the church all over me <laughs> and the text says as i hurry here to my clothes <laughs> the text says that david becomes displeased now <laughs> with the ark of the covenant because the lord made a breach upon Uzza, and he called the name of that place perez Uzzah. <laughs> until this day he said perez Uzza, the place that god preached and I come to tell you David is very careful to make sure they remember we will remember this place that here we got to do what God tells us to do every time he tells us to do it I'm hurrying, hurry in and the ninth verse says and David was afraid of the Lord that day and said how can the ark of the covenant come to me so David asked the question he says how can I take this ark now back to to the city of David, Jerusalem with me. How do I know that I can trust God? How do I know he won't spaz out on me? And David becomes afraid. Somebody in here, fear has got you schizophrenic in your mind. You asking God crazy questions because you're scared. But God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. You got to recognize when fear comes on you and you got to say fear. No, no, no. Goodbye fear. You ain't welcome here. The God I serve is able. And so the Bible says that David does this. He says, let me find somebody who can hold it for me. And then the Bible says there's a man, a Gittite there by the name of Obed-Edom. God, I feel him here. Obed is just a regular man standing among the crowd, I believe. Standing there ready to take the ark back into Jerusalem. But he is then chosen to bear the glory of God in his house. What? Do you do When the glory chooses you And no matter what you do You can't shake the glory The glory shows up in your car The glory shows up in your house You'd rather not have God pestering you Lord I want to do what I want to do So you go going to do your stuff But the glory comes with you Reminding you who you are There's about five of y'all in the house today because the glory pulled you the love of God pulled you you'd have still been in the bed but he made you lose sleep this morning he made you sit there and you say, well I guess I'll go now since I can't go to sleep sometimes the Lord will make you up at three and four in the morning he doesn't wake you up for you to grab your phone and check Facebook I wish I had me a church with me today. He wakes you up because he wants you to roll over and talk to him. Lord, I don't know why I'm up at four o'clock, but I'm going to call your name. I'll call you. Lord, I cover all my family. I don't know why I'm up. I normally don't get up until seven, but now I can't sleep. God says, Talk to me. I want time to you. I heard the artist say, I want one on one time with God. I don't know, but I stopped by to tell. Two of you, if you don't make time for God, God will make time for Himself in your life. He says, Listen now. He said, I want you to take it home, Obed. He said, I want you to take the glory home with you, the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible says that they carried the Ark of the Covenant into Obed Edom's house. Now I told you, Obed was just a regular man, he just a regular dude. He ain't a priest. He ain't no elder, he ain't a deacon, he ain't a missionary, he's just a regular old brother. I thank God for putting the glory in Obed Edom's house, because if only elders could carry the glory, I wouldn't be able to preach this right here, put up above my head. I'm glad that Obed Edom was just a regular old church saint, who comes in and sits in the back. I thank God. That if it wasn't for him being in his position, I couldn't preach to y'all that's sitting in the back. But the Bible says, Obed Edom the Gittite receives the Ark of the Covenant for three months, and the text says, And the Lord blessed Obed Edom put it above my head son the Lord blessed Obed Edom now I want you to underscore that in the scripture if you got your Bible underscore it because wherever the presence is the glory shall be also wherever the Shekinah is the Vision of God shall be also. Wherever God's presence is, everything you need shall be met. purpose of the ark of the covenant was to lift the faith of the people so that they would trust God in every way so the text says that the ark comes into the house of Obed Edom but when the ark gets to the house of Obed Edom things start to turn around God starts to bless Obed he starts to bless Obed in many ways he starts to bless Obed's finances. Obed's man bills could have been behind but because the ark of the covenant is there God starts making a dollar stretch and stuff is left over where you didn't have nothing left over. Our God he starts to mend the marriage that Obed has. We know he's got sons so he's got sons he's got to have a wife. He starts stepping into the house of Obed Edom and He's starts becoming a marriage counselor to Obed Edom why because the glory I need help here the glory is there then he starts dealing with Obed Edom's children the children start to prosper coming in the house with C's and D's barely making it but because the glory is there the graves start coming up C's and B's B's and A's they start moving from the back of the class to the front of the class I stop by to tell Marathon this is the year that God moves us forward because the glory rests in the house of God now the text says that old man starts to prosper his cattle starts to produce like never before money's coming coming. coming from everywhere because the glory of God sits in his house I pause to ask you what are you going to do when the glory comes matter of fact I'm going to make y'all mad if I told you today that the glory was coming to your house how many of y'all have to run home and get some stuff out of your house how many of you have to move some stuff out of your house I need me a real church how many of you have to lift up that mattress and pull that secret stash huh, and pull it out of your house how many of you have to go to the medicine cabinet huh, take that little bit of flour huh, I say flour huh, and pull it don't you think that everybody's here huh, and there's nobody in the struggle I tell you 90% of us in the struggle huh? touch your neighbor and tell them you'll have to go home and get some things straight huh? somebody will have to go home to your favorites on that ipad go back to your favorites on that iphone and you'll have to take that favorite out why because of glory It's getting ready to come to my house you know how we do when people visit us we tell the children clean up clean up Miss Rosa them coming over. I don't want Miss Rosa to see no bad, dirty dishes. Get that kitchen clean. I wish I had me a church here. you go tell your children that won't we'll wash, we'll wash their clothes. Get your filthy behind up. Miss Rosa them might walk through the house. But I stopped by to tell you, Miss Rosa ain't the glory. Miss Rosa ain't the presence. Miss Rosa ain't anointing. Huh? walking into your house huh? touch your neighbor and ask him what you need to do to get things straight put it above my head son I need more huh? touch your neighbor and say you gotta make some changes cause the glory is coming huh? matter of fact say it again say excuse me let me state it right huh? I said look back at him and say excuse me let me state it right huh? tell him we gotta make some changes Tell them because the glory is getting ready to come to our house. Touch your name and say the next 90 days. Tell them something's gonna happen. In the next 90 days, now we've come through a fast. And for somebody to fast, save your marriage. But the next 90 days, God's gonna give you your love back he's going to give you your intimacy back he's going to give you your desires back but you got to know that the glory is coming to my house touch a neighbor and tell them come on we got the glory coming i feel the holy ghost can i prophesy i feel like the holy ghost is looking down the road and say, is there an Obed-Edom? Is there a willing house that I can put my glory in? I'm looking to see who wants it. Your arms folded, you don't want it. I want to see who wants the glory. I got a feeling that my finances going to turn around. I got a feeling that my marriage... Touch your neighbor and tell them prophetically, 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 you're going to sit to your desk and God will say don't use word that way. You use word another way. He's going to show you the gaps. He's going to show you what you need to know in order to get to the next level. Touch your neighbor and tell them get ready for the glory. I, I'm waiting on the sound. I'm waiting on the sound like the children of Israel. Son, I'm not gonna ask you no more. come on, listen to this. Here's what the Bible said. and when the glory started coming down, said David told him say play the harp. When the glory started coming, David said, we got to act right. Touch your neighbor and say, act right. Act like you know. He said, here comes the glory. He said, I need the tabrets and I need the coronets. I need them playing right now. Bless the Lord on the high sounding cymbal. On the low sounding cymbal. Tell your neighbor, we get ready to dance. Because the glory... It's going to take my medical situation and it's going to turn my medical situation around. Those of you that are lonely, the next 90 days, he's going to introduce you. Touch your neighbor. Tell him, let's get ready for the glory. believe the glory is coming The marathon that when you walk in you're going to start coming out of your coat because I feel the power of the Holy Ghost touch your neighbor and ask your neighbor are you ready tell your neighbor we're getting ready to do something crazy some of y'all ain't saying to touch your neighbor and tell him we're getting ready to do something crazy. Somebody ain't gonna understand this. Touch that neighbor again and tell him you might not understand. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. My mind might not understand this. But my soul. Tell your neighbor we're getting ready to fight. We're getting ready to fight. All right, now this is crazy. This is crazy. Put the next, put 13 up. I think it's 13. Brother? Brother. Take the communion tables around the side. Touch your neighbor and say, come on, stand up. Come on, stand up. We get ready to do something. Touch your neighbor, tell him, come on, stand up. Tell them you ain't got time to sit down now. If you walked in here, you're going to have to walk now. So the Bible says that when David saw Uzzah die, David knew that God was serious about his precepts and his principles. So then David then started to change things. So, the ark coming out of Obed Edom's house, let me catch you up. So, the word got back to David that Obed Edom's house is being blessed everywhere. Said the children making straight A's. Said Obed has paid off all his debt. That the house is being blessed. Obed and his wife ain't fussing no more. They back, they might have a whole nother set of kids. So David said, let's go back to what God told us to do. He said, bring me the sons of Kohath. He said, boys, you're back in your place now. He said, put the ark upon the shoulders of the sons of Kohath. He said, I need my praises out front. He said, because wherever the glory is, it's preceded by a thank you. He said, so put the praises up front. He said, and I'm going to do my part. He said, I always danced before God my whole life. He said, so I ain't about to change nothing now. I need about 10 praises. You praise your way through that last hell attack. And you ain't about to sit down on your praise now. If I need a blessing, I'm going to get it through my praise. I'm going to get it through my hallelujah. And the text said, That David started dancing. Look how y'all looking at me. And the text said when David started dancing. That the sisters started praising. And that the brothers started shouting. Where are you brothers? Where are you? the glory came down on top of the ark but here's what David said David said bring me the fatted calf and bring me the bullock he said I'm gonna do what I know works he said I'm gonna take six paces one two three four five Six now, he doesn't stop on the sixth pace but he goes one extra so that he can give God a little bit more than what he asked for. Then the Bible says he stops, turns around, and sacrifices something because wherever the glory is, you got to be willing to give some up to get something back you can't be healed if you're not willing to glorify the healer you can't be delivered so he counted them out touch your neighbor and tell him we get ready to do something crazy everybody that wants the glory in your house find you a place along the wall and up front Touch your neighbor and say give me some room Give me some room You gotta have one line One line Sister in the corner Come on around to the middle Come on around to the middle Everybody follow her I need one line Sister Vines I need you in the middle Uh, uh, to, uh, To Dawson Come on Follow her back I need everybody Follow her back Deke, if you feel like it, you can do it if you feel like it, Deke. But if you don't feel like it, the glory is still coming to you. So the Bible says that David, now let me give you this before we do it. I need to fill that gap right there. Brother Cliff Broom, come on around to the sisters. Mama, I need you to tell your babies what we getting ready to do. Tell them we're doing something in the supernatural. Tell your baby what we getting ready to do. We plant this in him. Tell your baby what we getting ready to do. Tell your baby what we getting ready to do. Tell your grandson what we getting ready to do. What are we getting ready to do? Tell them babies. Tell your baby we get ready to take six steps. And when you get to your six and a half steps, I want you to turn around and i want you to figuratively slay something before the lord slay your attitude slay your nasty disposition slay your struggle whatever it is say i kill you right now because the glory is coming if you're addicted to cocaine and nobody knows you're addicted to cocaine with you turn around and say cocaine i sacrifice you because of glory. So the Bible says that David put on his linen ephah. So I put symbolically on the linen ephah of the Lord. And I believe by you time you take six steps. Somebody's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to be slain in the spirit. Somebody's going to be on the floor. Because the Shekinah we call upon you let your fire fall touch your neighbor say let's go y'all walking this way we all walking this way all the way around bell y'all gotta come up because you going this way remember nobody out of step there is no disobedience in this house because the glory get ready to show up touch your neighbor and say the next 90 days go ahead and praise him say Lord I thank you right now say Lord I thank you right now every fear you get ready to take them fears from me everything I ever did where I failed you you get ready to correct my life in the name of Jesus y'all ready Let's take our step. Take a step one, two, three, four, five, six, and a half. Now sacrifice something. Glory, glory Glory. All right, let's go. Take a step. One. Two. Take a step. We're at the third step. Four. Y'all going the wrong way. You should be going this way. We're in the fourth step. Take your fifth step. Take your sixth step. Take your seventh step. Now turn around and sacrifice something. to sacrifice sickness sacrifice that disease sacrifice that thing that's bothering you cut it up tell your neighbor let's go we got six more steps one two three four five six and a half now sacrifice something else. Sacrifice disbelief. Sacrifice doubt. Sacrifice double mindedness. I hear the Lord saying, give me one more. Give me one more. Tell your neighbor. Let's go one more. Let's go one more. Shayabasetta. Ready? Let's go. One step. Two steps. Come on, Holy Ghost. Three steps. Four steps. I feel you. Five steps. Six steps. Six and a half. Now I want you to sacrifice for your household. Everything in your house. Your children. Sacrifice for your grandchildren. Those that are in the streets, tell the devil my family's coming out! Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Give him a praise for the next ninety days. Things are going to change. Somebody give him a praise. say Lord I'm ready for your glory say Lord I'm ready to receive your power I'm ready to receive your blessings say whatever you want to do say whatever you want to do say I give you free reign to do it right now not only in me but do it in my brothers do it in my sisters do it in the children in the name of Jesus come on and praise him come on and praise him y'all gotta do better than that come on and praise him come on and praise him all over the house come on and praise him come on come on in every corner brother clap your hands Lord, I want you to fix every situation. I ask you to fix every circumstance. Those that are mourning, take the mourning clothes off of them. Give them the clothes of praise. Give them the clothes of dancing. Say that I bind you. I bind you in every life. I bind you in every home. I bind you in every job. For Lord, rebuke you. For the glory Shabashi Abashi yes Abashi Lord. Yes, Lord. As the saints praise God, the enemy will see them coming and dancing and praising before God. They say, Them people crazy. But through their praise, God will supernaturally start turning the enemy against themselves. So, somebody starting tomorrow, your manager's gonna have a different attitude. Don't you dare open your mouth and say, I'm lucky. You open your mouth at your desk and say, the glory has come to me. The glory has come to me. You get that call. You hadn't gotten that call in years. Maybe it's a dad. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's somebody who should have called you. All of a sudden they call you. Don't you pick that phone up with no attitude. You say, Lord, the glory has come And you deal inside of what God says he's going to do for the next 90 days. Somebody need to apply for a job that the devil told you you're not qualified for. Go put your resumes in the atmosphere. You may not be able to work full time, but you get that business plan out in the next 90 days. You write it down and you get that business plan out in the next 90 days. Whatever you're complaining about, believe God to act upon it. Pain in your body. I'm believing God to ease the pain out of your body. We didn't ask you for one dime. So when you leave here, you know there are churches who believe in the supernatural power of God. We don't do this no every Sunday. I need Marathon to say something. So we're not some manipulating ministry. But when God says I need my people to get back to believing in me, and lifting up their heads and walking in my power, that we're going to get back. I'm believing God to take every addiction away, every alcohol addiction, every drug addiction, every mental illness that's in this building. I'm asking the glory to come to your house. Now, this everybody I know ain't going to receive this. Three or four of you laying there, you looking at me, and I didn't ask you for anything. I simply wanted to give you what the word of the Lord says. There's about 50 of y'all in here. Because of your faith, things are getting ready to shift. Because we're coming out of a fast. Now I'm leaning on you today. I know I am, time-wise. But you don't know what God needs to do for you. You can wake up tomorrow and get some information that you never saw coming. So I want you to believe God in the future. That he is ahead of you. That's what's ever coming in the next 90 days. God already knows. So you're not going to be moved by what you hear. You're not going to be moved by what comes to you suddenly. Because we just sacrificed whatever God wanted and we want him to know. Now we are the church. And we can glean from what God did for the children of Israel. Because he is no respecter of persons. And the same God that moved for Israel is the same God that is alive in the church